The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When we listen to the radio, we never agree on the station. Classic rock. Hip-hop. Pop. Guys, quiet. The one thing we do agree on, we all want an awesome free phone. That's why we switched to MetroPCS. Stop by MetroPCS with the whole family and get four free phones of your choice from brands you love, like Samsung, Motorola, and LG when you switch. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Free phone requires port. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Welcome to the Two Robbies podcast. I'm Robbie Earl, and I've got my old mate Robbie Musto hooked up and ready to go as we loop back on an action-packed Sunday of Premier League action. Musty, I want to start at the bridge. Chelsea at home to Hull, and Diego is again the darling, mate. <laughs> yeah, he is, and uh, first of all, I'm, I'm pleased that the manager, Antonio Conte, put him straight into the lineup. I think mm. it was the right thing to do to throw him out there in front of the fans at Stamford Bridge to get it over with, to, to see the support. And the support was definitely there. There was a cheer when his name was read out, when he arrived yeah. onto the pitch. So there's good support there. Mm. I think on the bigger picture with him, I, you know, we did disagree on this, didn't we, last week, where you, you questioned whether he can continue, whether yeah. he should continue, whether he's too much kind of hassle. Um, my thought was that he's just this guy. We've seen these kind of flare-ups before and he'll settle down. You know, whether the, the change of the rules in China made a difference or not, we don't know, but mm. he's back now. And and just on, on that, before we go and talk about the game, Rob, just on, on the cost of things, yeah. when you look at it as a whole, I think the manager, Antonio Conte, dealt with this whole situation mm. almost perfectly. Yeah. Almost perfectly yeah. when you consider the drama, mm. the comments, the rumours, the reports, mm. the China thing, the back injury, the physio fallout, the flare-ups. Yeah. I mean, really, Robbio, I mean, didn't he? From, from, yeah. from start to finish, very, very impressive. Do, do you know what, what struck me, Rob? The contrast between how uh, Antonio Conte handled this and how Jose Mourinho was handling some, some things last season. When things weren't going right yeah. for him, and publicly it was all out there, wasn't it? There was rumours and, and, and remarks going on on both sides with both parties. Was it, were the players not happy with Jose? Were Jose not happy with the players? I think you're right, Rob. I mean, it's pretty obvious Antonio Conte knew what was going on. They used this back sort of injury as, as a bit of a cover-up, and, and there, was, there was obviously some kind of contact between China and Costa and whatever, whatever. But he never said a word about it, stayed to a party line, talked about the back injury, said he'll be fit, um, hopefully, to play Hull. And, and he kind of, listen, we, can, we can't build any momentum to a story if he just keeps on put, pouring cold water on it. So in terms of management, and we talk, I talked about him taking charge of this group and this football club and managing it in the right way if he's going to be successful. It's, it's another tick for Antonio Conte. I mean, there's so many other ways, Rob, that he mm, could have handled yeah. this. He could have thrown the player under the bus. He I mean, the West Ham situation like... was, was, was very much that, wasn't he? I mean, Slavin Bilic, slightly different scenario, Rob, but yeah. Slavin Bilic felt he had to come out and tell the public and, and, and put the player out there. And look what's happened now. I mean, at the moment, they're struggling to, to, to sell him. I mean, probably his car's been vandalised outside his 
yourself. West Ham don't have the player, albeit they've had a couple of results from it, and mm. that's, a, that's a whole different story. But, yeah, you, you, you're dead right. There's two ways of dealing with it, and Conte decided to keep it in-house, to manage it in the right way, and, and to not allow the media to, to kind of put any, any, any wind under the fire. Yeah, I mean, he, he, could have, he could have basically said, you know, at the time, listen, he said he doesn't want to play for the club anymore. He wants to go to China. You know, then, then you, you open a massive rift and where they are on the league table. I thought he did a great job. In, in, in terms of his... his sorry, it's just his selection yeah. as well, Rob. Yeah. You know, um, I, I thought he might play Willian. He went yeah, with Pedro. That, yeah. um, but it's, I guess when you look back at his recent goal mm. performance, Pedro's done very well. And it was a it was a difficult it was a difficult match for for Chelsea Football Club. Yeah. Um, but just the subs that they can bring on, you can bring Sesk on, you can bring William on. Sesk gets an assist for a goal. Mm. Um, it, it's just a very well organised machine that when it's not firing on all cylinders, yeah. can still find a way to win. I thought they're impressive. Yeah, I thought today was a day when, as much as Hull, Hull showed some some good organisation, actually had, had, had a decent game plan. I think the whole story was about Costa. Will he start? Does he play? Mm. Does he score? Is he happy? So I just want to, I want to question you on a couple of things, Rob. Mm. One was Gary Cale came out after, and I thought this was an important part of maybe the way that Chelsea have handled things. The players, he said, oh, the players, Diego's a great lad. He was one of us. We won him back part of us. We, you know, we're, we're all happy scoring goals. I think it's important that the dressing room's with you on when you make big calls as a manager. If, if for some reason the dressing room weren't, weren't totally pounding, maybe Costa's not, if Costa's a different personality and a few yeah. of the boys ain't having him, I don't think you can come out as strong and, and kind of defend him in the way you are. I think you've got to know, Rob, that, that, that group, and, and we've been in dressing rooms, that the, the majority of the group are saying, yeah, Gaffer, get him back in. You know, it's not a problem and we'll, we'll move on. You know, it, it really is. Uh, I think every situation, I'm sure, is different. And, I, and I've been in, like you have, situations where the players mm. fall out with the player, yeah. with the rebel, you fall out with them. Mm. Um, and it's interesting that Cahill says this and the sense was that the players were, were kind of joking around with him a little bit and wanting to get involved again because it could have gone again. It could have gone the other way where yeah. they're like, well, if he doesn't want to play with us, then, mm. then we've got other players here that can do the business, can play up front, we can rotate. So I think that's it's really hard for us to kind of gauge exactly what the vibe is in the dressing room with this guy. We know what he's like, but but little snippets you hear, and that's why it's mm. important that, that we and you just brought up there from Gary Cahill, that yeah. we do, because you can learn a lot, or yeah. we can, because mm. we've, we've been there, we, we can kind of quickly grasp what he means yeah. when he's talking about a player, and I think that's why we jump on things like that, because mm. it's like, oh, there you go. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like that the, te- the team still love this guy. They want him part of the squad, and it wasn't a big enough flare-up for them to say, you know what, mm. get, you, know, you get lost then because we can do this without you. You say that, Robin, and just to, to finish the point on this, in, in terms of Diego Costa, and we've, you said we've all played with players who you put up with sometimes on and off the pitch because of what they can give you and what they do as part of the group. But what about when's the next flare-up? You know there's mm. going to be one with Costa because that's a yeah. personality. Yep. Is there a point where it becomes too much? Is there a point where you yep. go, hold on a minute? Yeah, there is, and I, and I think um, I think that, that this will this will be fine now through through mm. the end of the season. Um, they all got their targets of championships, etc., etc., to win. 
Um, I think in the summer, Rob, if he says again to, to the manager or the football club or Abramovich or whoever that he wants to go somewhere else, I think they'll let it happen. Who knows? There might have been a, a verbal agreement in the last week to say, you know what, Diego, come on board. We want a Premier League title. And in the summer, we will enable you to leave the football club. Again, that's massive speculation, but these things do happen. And considering his behaviour, considering what he gives to the club right now, that might not be a bad scenario if that was something that was agreed. Yeah, agree with you, mate. Pretty good day for Chelsea. Mm. Stanley, the leader at the top of the table. We're going to talk a little haul, but we're going to save that till later in the show when we're going to have a look at the teams that are down at the bottom of the table and, and could be struggling for looking at those bottom three places. So, going to move it on to the Emirates Stadium, Arsenal. Crazy second half, Robbie Musto at Arsenal. At one point, they look like they're going to win win the game. Then it looks like they, they're going to drop two points. And then late on, they they get they get a, a winner. And there was all kinds of stuff going on. Players sent off. Mm. Arsene Wenger sent from the touchline. I mean, <sighs> end of the day, three important points for Arsenal. Is that the overriding thing we have to take away from from that game? Yes, and now whether they were lucky or unlucky, there's a million incidents. Um, <laughs> but let's let's just quickly go through the main mm. points, Rob. You know the the Skojan Mustafi penalty claim when it was nil nil. Um, maybe just yeah. Uh, you know, I know yeah. you guys could have gone either way, but yeah. yeah, I just thought there was enough contact. If the referee has a good view of it, he might give it. But then, then the same player, Mustafi gets yeah. the one one nil mm. goal from a header from a Mesut that, Ozil corner. That'll disappoint Dyche, wouldn't it? You go to you go to Arsenal, you've set up well, your team are doing well, and you concede from a pretty routine ball into the box. And, and everything at that point is like okay, mm. one nil up, everything yeah. should be okay. Granite Xhaka. First of all, just before the the challenge, Rob, mm. the um, I, I I look quite closely at this guy today and. I thought he's playing well. Yeah, he's good passing. I, th- I think he's getting yeah. a bit more confident. Yeah. I think he uses that left foot really mm. nicely. I think his his positioning was really good because he's with Aaron Ramsey, who got forward a lot. I, I, I before this incident, I'm thinking this guy could go on and be a, a, actually a really good player for Arsenal. So the challenge comes around and he's let himself down and he's yeah. let the football club down. Mm. Um, in terms of the the, the actual uh, challenge itself, I looked at it and I thought. Ugh. Yeah, I know what you yeah, mean. Yeah, not, not, not Ross, an awful one. Possibly a yellow for the challenge, but the lunge, Rob, the, the yeah. two-footedness, the kind yeah. of, it's almost like an instant reaction to losing the ball, woof, in, in a go. Yes. It, that tells me more than, than the challenge, because the challenge didn't really catch the guy as, as bad as it could. But that tells me that there's a bit of panic, Rob. There's a little bit of, yeah. right, I've lost it, I'm going to win it back. Now, I always think those two defensive midfield positions... You have to have trust. You have to have responsibility. You have to be calm. You have to, at times, be controlled. If he's losing his head in those situations because he's lost the ball in midfield against Burnley, what's he going to be like in a big Champions League semi-final? What's he going to be like when you've got a big game that you must win to win a title? That's what worries me with, with Granite Jacket. And, and he's not learning. He was the same mm. way in his previous clubs in the Bundesliga. Yeah. Lots of red cards. I think it just makes you think as well from this challenge. And I'm not saying it wasn't a red card. I, I just think the sensitivity to these challenges has gone right up over the last couple of years. And when you look at it, I haven't got a problem with a red card. No. But is there is there a little bit in John Moss's mind of what he's done in the past? Is he, is he getting a reputation for somebody that can snap a little um, bit and a referee's a little bit too quick to go to the car? I, I hear where you're going, but if that's the case, that's why even more he's got to stand on his feet on the, you know on the halfway line and, and just you know make a challenge. It, it makes it even worse if he is getting a reputation as maybe he believes or mm. maybe Arsenal believe that you jump in after that, Robbie. It was a nothing tackle in an area of the pitch that he didn't matter whether he won the ball or not. It's a bit different if it's one of those, you know, it's a game changer. 
Um, but I just think, do you know what the big thing I think with Granite Jacker now is? Trust. I'm not sure if Arsene Wenger will trust him enough. Yeah. And he's just kind of gained himself to, to a regular spot. He was building yeah. a little relationship yeah, with Ramsey. He's, right. he's out the game. He's out for four games now, second red card of the season. That, that's going to be a problem. Let's move it on to, to the other, the, the, the second penalty that came on, Cochrane on Barnes. No problem with that one, have you? No, absolutely not. No, he, he was just a little bit slow there. Um, Cochrane came on for a Wobie to, mm. you know, to, to, to solidify midfield a little bit. And it, it just seems that he wasn't up to the pace of the game. Uh, Andre Gray then converts the, mm. the penalty and then Arsene Wenger went off it. And, yeah. Uh, what what, what did he... that tell you? What did that tell you about the great Frenchman who, you know, in Arsene we trust? It gets to him as well, Rob, doesn't it? That, that, to me, that was pressure. Yeah. That was him disappointed with the red card, with losing the two points, yeah. with knowing what was coming in yeah. the media and with the public. Look, Arsenal can't do it again. That was him losing a bit of control. I, I think at that point, he's thinking that they've lost the title mm. race. They're out of the title race mm. because three points was a necessity. Yeah. There's, there's very little wiggle room with what Chelsea are doing at the mm. moment. And I think that, that, that came through. You're pushing a fourth official. Mm. I mean, I, I, you know, it, it wasn't a violent push, but any time you put your hands yeah. on the referee, he, there has to be some kind of, of uh, FA uh, charge here because you can't be doing that. And he's also been sent away, which he didn't do as well. So, Listen, uh, there'll be yeah. a certain guy up in Manchester at the red off of the city who'll be watching yeah, this very closely. He, he kicked, a, kicked a, a water bottle and got himself banned. He, he'll start his little bit in the, in the press to make sure Arsene Wenger maybe misses a game or two from, from down, down on the touchline. Mm. Mm. Let, let's talk about that last incident that, yeah. that came up, the big one. So... Kossie only goes in for a header. Ben Mee puts his foot up. By first looks, it looks like a penalty kick. Then when we get a chance to see it a little bit closer, Kossie has got half a body offside. The linesman's looking down the line. I mean, Sean Dyche got an argument. It should have been offside. Flag should have gone up. Yeah, it should have been. It should have been. But, you know, we, we, it's, <laughs> Arsenal get a little bit fortunate with that decision. I think mm. it is a you know, if if that's not given, I yeah. think the, the high foot yeah. from Ben Mee. And Ben Mee, by the way, it, it always seems to be Ben Mee that's involved with the drama <laughs> for Burnley, giving a goal away or doing mm. something a bit silly. So, he, But he was offside. So... But I, I'm sure Arsenal can, can can point to other decisions in this game, in previous games, where they haven't had that little bit of luck. Yeah. They got a little bit of luck with that decision, and they win the game, um, but still eight points behind Chelsea. You know? But I, I just just quickly on the um, on the bigger picture of Arsenal, Rob, yeah. I just watched the game in the first half, and I, I'm looking at some of the football that Arsenal play. It's excellent. Yeah. It's excellent. Yeah. They've got very, very good players. The style is very good. Ozil's got so much creativity and craft, and Alexis uh, and Giroud, you know, can link it together. Why do Alex I think Awobi. there's a but? Why do no, I think there's a but? It, it, there will be a but, but let, <laughs> let me... I just, you know, maybe... You know, the, the narrative for me on Arsenal is, you know, is the, the same old Arsenal. And it, it, it prob it, I think it will be this year in mm. terms of where they're going to finish and, and where their challenge kind of yeah. uh, begins and ends. But my point is, this is a really good squad of players. Mm. This is a fantastic, old money, proper big football club Correct. in Arsenal. Correct. I just, I think, you know, this is where the butt's going to come in now. All they need, in my opinion is a different voice, a different extra 10% of motivation, maybe a guy that's going to switch the system a little bit, maybe one or two signings to this, this team, this squad, which is really, really good, and they should be champions. They should have been champions last year. The, 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 the same star players were there mm. last year. They've got a fantastic 
you know, the hardest part of football is creating and scoring goals. And they've got so much creativity. I just, I just think it, it's a shame for Arsenal fans when they feel that they have to be, they settle for a top four position when it's so close, in my opinion, to being champions. And I just think I that extra ten percent could mm. come from somebody else, Rob, and they could do it. The score I hear is you, Rob, so and, and, and I get your point. But I say, who is that guy then? Because Manchester City thought they got that guy. And at the moment, he's, he's proving to be a little bit more difficult than, than some people thought. Klopp could have done it. I yeah, think but Klopp, Klopp could have made this team Klopp's win. not available now. I think so, Conte so, could have got... Yeah, but yeah. That's, the, that's the point, isn't it? So that, you're, that so, so you're saying they missed the boat? Yeah, well, they, on these guys... I, but, I, but, but if you're saying Arsene Wenger goes, let, let's just let's create a scenario then. At this point, you say Arsene's done a great job. He's took him as far as he can. Now it's time for a change. What I'm trying to say is, in the situation that they are now and they've got themselves, yes, because maybe they haven't made a move earlier, who do they go to? Because if you don't go to someone who you're sure, why do you take a gamble? This, a lot of what you're saying could be broken up, could be changed by the wrong, by the wrong appointment. I, I don't think that, that, that any person's going to break up this squad, Rob, too much. No, because no, there's no, a lot of break up, it. But, you know, it could be a different style of manager, different way of playing, different system. Alexis Sanchez might not like it. Ozil might be in a different position where he says, oh, you're not, you're not doing it. All I'm saying is you, you take a risk bringing in another guy but if it's a good enough guy with a calibre that you believe is right, you do it. But I'm not sure that guy's out there, Rob. So part of my, my question is, I think Jurgen Klopp with this group would make them better. I agree. Antonio Conte, possibly the same, would make them better. Maybe Pep Guardiola with this group could play what he wants to play, maybe more than he can play with Man City. Who knows? But... The big it, just, that... it just sounds like you, you sound like you sound like a loyal Arsenal fan. And I'm not. Okay. I, 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 know, I love Arsenal but, football. I'm, I'm I not an Arsenal fan by any but, means. But I know, but that, I'm just saying that an mm. Arsenal an Arsenal fan would be saying the same thing as you. And I think at some point there's got to be a little bit of a kind of a I even say it's a risk, but a little bit of um, balls to say, okay, mm. let's let's change it up. Other big clubs change it up a lot more than, than Arsenal have done Correct. over the last 15, 20 years. And, you know, for the majority, oh, there, was a, there was a period where Chelsea kept changing manager, but they kept winning. Mm. I mean, it, it didn't hurt them that there was no continuity. And as much respect I've got for Arsene Wenger of what he's done and, and how he's handled himself over the years, it, it, it's top notch. I just think it's time because I just, I, just, I just got thinking today again when I watched some of the football, it, it, it's really, really good. And there isn't much that needs to change for them to be champions. And I just don't know whether Wenger is going to do it again this season. OK, but also did get the win, moved up into second place at eight points behind Chelsea. I want to go back to a game at the weekend, Rob Liverpool mm. 2, Swansea 3, and one of the small surprise results of the weekend. Jurgen Klopp, I listened to his press conference after the game and he was disappointed and talked about his team sort of overlooking their defensive duties when they got back to 2-2. He said, we had no thought about defending and that, and that, was, a wor- that was a worry. Now... Mm. Defensive issues for this Liverpool team continue to come up and be the reason why people suggest that they, they, they won't win the title. Matic back is helpful, but yeah. does, does that solve the problem? It, it certainly helps, but I don't think it solves the whole problem. Um, I just think it's just a balance issue for me. And, and uh, you know, he, he, he's basically described there that what we've seen many times, and mm. I just don't, I don't quite understand why... That isn't, there isn't a sign of that improving. Mm. I, I think you either at the moment, um, I said to my buddy last night, actually, over a pint about um, 
about Liverpool. He's a big Liverpool fan. And, and, and they're, they're, there's two modes of Liverpool at the moment, and they can't get an in-between mode. Mm. There's incredibly good attacking. Gong is maybe a little bit of a strong phrase, yeah. but, but really yeah. good attacking front foot fullbacks, you know, midfield players, Lalan, everybody else. And they look so great going forward with the goals that they've scored. Or there's the, the more considered, the, the excellent um, performance against Manchester United that's strong, structured, uh, great organisation, work ethic, team spirit, etc., etc. is fantastic. But they can't seem to get the balance in a particular game where they can change between one and the other. This, this should never have been... They should never concede three goals um, at Anfield to a team like Swansea City. And, and we continue to say it, and, and it, whether it's a balance thing, whether it's a personnel, whether it's um, just the f- defensive focus when they feel that they're on top and they're playing great football, it's happened time and time again. And again, a little bit like Arsenal, there isn't much wrong with Liverpool, um, but it's the same kind of defensive issues that everybody's talked about. We've talked mm. about it. Everybody does. And it doesn't seem to be improving. Joe Matip is, has been brilliant. He really has been excellent with defensive and the way he can pass the ball out of the back. But everybody else and the midfield and the team has to find a way in certain moments in games where they want to go forward and score and create, just be a little bit careful and don't concede so easily. OK, I'm going to move you forward, Rob, to mm. a huge game coming up. Uh, Liverpool's next home game against Chelsea on uh, Tuesday, January the 31st, 3 p.m. kickoff on NBCSM. We'll be on air from, from 2 p.m. Eastern time. Huge game, Rob. Ten points behind. Liverpool can't afford to lose this, can they? No, not if they, if they want to uh, think they can win the title. Um, then, then they have to win this match, absolutely, and do other teams towards the top as well a favour in trying mm-hmm. to catch Chelsea. And in terms of the actual game itself... If everybody's on form and fit, and of course Sadio Mane is not going to be available, I don't think. It depends on how his national team does, but I don't think he's going to be available um, for this. Uh, Yeah, of course they have to be absolutely perfect going forward, Mm. but you always worry about Chelsea's counter-attacking and the three front men that started the game today and what they can do on the counter-attack. So you said it before, Rob, that Liverpool can be a, a big game team. Do you think they can get it done? Um, what I will say is that, you know, to, to, to start it off, Chelsea will give them a, a sterner test than the likes of Swansea, will be, will be more in the game in terms of possession, will be more of a threat when they get in the last third, have better players, can make better passes, more quality. So that's a test. And in some respects, I think statistically, it might say that Liverpool are better, Rob. The, the three games Liverpool have lost, Swansea, Bournemouth and Burnley, Careless in all the, in all those mm. games, had more yeah. possession, had more yeah. chances, but lost the three games. Yeah, against the top six teams so far, they're unbeaten, Rob. And that mm. tells me something about mentality of the group. Maybe how Jurgen Klopp works and the team can get up for big games. Maybe Anfield gets up for big games. But remember, they beat Chelsea, uh, that wonderful goal from Jordan Henderson earlier in the season. They've, they've had a, a blueprint. Yes, Sadio Mane was a big part of things then, and we're not sure whether he'll be mm. back, obviously, with the African Cup of Nations. So let's think that he might not be part of it. But this team has still got enough to give Chelsea problems if they're at the game, if they're on top of the game. But they're going to have to dominate possession. They're going to have to be good in balance and transition. And they're going to have to defend an awful lot better than we've seen against a Chelsea team that will test them. Yeah, and Chelsea have that game. And then they've got Arsenal at home afterwards. Mm. Now, you know, you, you, you want to you get kind of defining moments of the season. Yeah. This is it right here. Right here over the next two or three weeks. Chelsea are going to show everybody whether they can, they're absolutely going to be the champions or whether there's hope for everybody else. So, yeah, two defeats would, would change it, wouldn't it? Two absolutely. defeats in those two games look, gives everybody encouragement and all of a sudden we've got a real title, title race. Yeah. 
Southampton, Rob, let's give them a little bit of love. We, mm. we don't do that too often on, on the podcast. And coming into the game of four straight defeats against Leicester, the reigning champions, we have to remember. I mean, it was one-way traffic. Um, I thought Southampton played some, some great football at times, as we've come to expect over the years. I mean... No Jose Font, that's a loss. Goes to West Ham for $10 million. They, they have to lose him because he doesn't sign a contract. Virgil van Dijk goes down with a bit of an injury. He's the next door. People are saying he's the next one that'll be out the door, is he? I said to Rebecca, sometimes I think it's disrespectful when we keep sort of linking Southampton players to other teams or talking about it. At the moment, they're, they're Southampton players. They're on contract. But is there a point where this club maybe have to say, no, this guy stays and, and change the mentality a little bit if they want to be a little bit more successful? Well, that, that's a high-level decision within the football club. We've seen no signs of that so far. Um, and I think for a 33-year-old uh, mm, player, what, money. Like $10 million or something, mm, I think that's, that's really that, that's, that's good for... Well, a, you'd rather have him, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you yeah, rather have right. him? Yeah, I guess you would. But again, it's a, they're, they're not going to get relegated. They're sat mid-table. They've had a good win today after a really bad run. I just think longer term, and mm. this is always kind of the big picture with them, can they continue to sell their best yeah. players and do okay? And I'm going to say it again, no, they can't. No, they can't. Mm. Les Reed is a good director academy, of football. Rob. Good academy. I, I, know, I know they've got a good academy. In Les Reed, who's a director, yeah. he's a recruitment guy of managers and mm. the playing side of it. They've done an amazing job. Now, uh, uh, over a long period of time, can that continue? It's a massive question mark, and I, I'm, I'm full of admiration for how mm. they do it and how they've done it with managers and players, etc., etc., and the football that they play. It's been absolutely fantastic, yeah. but I, you know, it can't. It might. It can't keep doing it year in, year out, mm. to selling your best players because you know what, what we've seen with Leicester City, and we'll go on to, to mention Leicester. Yeah. It's a fine line between performances leading to wins mm. and performances leading to draws and losses, and when when Southampton overdo it and that line is hard to go uh, the positive side of that line then they drift down the league they're okay now and they're going to be okay this season yeah and the philosophy's worked up to this point but over the next you know few years they, they have to stop at some point well i just think it's huge credit to, to southampton mm. the way they do their business the way they're well managed the well the way they recruit and i believe in, the, in this football club i think they'll get it right do you think they, they'll they... ever have a problem then rob so you're you're not worried at all uh, in the I'm long not, not saying at all i just think if they They'll know Virgil van Dijk has been sort of looked at by other clubs and that. What I think they do very well, Rob, is I think they'll already have a replacement kind of lined up some targets and yeah, they'll look at I'm those sure. targets and they'll look to bring someone in. I think there's such good management all down the, this, the pyramid and spectrum of this football club that I believe in the people who are running the football club. Listen, mm. everybody can mm. have it in off-season, but they're going to be safe. A team that... Listen, I'm not sure you can, with any surety, say that, yeah. that Leicester City are going to be safe in the league. 21 yeah. points at the moment. Just can't... I haven't won away from home. I mean, where where, where do you go with, with a team like, like Leicester? I mean, is this the real Leicester? Was last season just a, a an extraordinary one-off occasion? And we've seen... Somebody said to me, this is the normal Leicester, maybe... Four or five points above relegation, you know. Um, no, few it good can't games. be the normal Leicester. Well, well it's, it's a normal Leicester bar one unbelievable season that we had last mm. year. It, it's what we've seen from, you know, no disrespect, but it's, what, it's, a, it's, a, it's a form we've seen from people like Morgan and Huth and Vardy in the past and, and people who hadn't had that, that one great year where they were brilliant and, and went on and won the title. And it was the most fantastic thing in, in English football. But now, Rob, you're seeing a team that... 
I mean, they struggled today. They looked laboured. Poor. The system was was poor. Was poor. People yeah. didn't look at the game. Jamie Vardy isn't particularly making the runs in behind anymore. Doing nothing, Jamie Vardy. All he's doing uh, is fouling players. Uh, he thinks he's some big tough tough guy or something. <laughs> he, you know, he's just he's fouling, he's pushing, he's arguing, he looks angry. I mean, not to say he didn't do that a little bit last season, but he's doing nothing. And I, I just it's just shocking to me how how players mm. can perform one one season and, and the difference is so amazing. I mean, they only lost N'Golo Kante. Now, yeah, yeah, granted, amazing player for them last that, year. That, that can't take you to, to that level from one no. from there to there, Rob. I and mean, they spent money, Rob, as well. They spent money on 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 which yeah. you know we would say. Oh, Leicester, when things are going well, mm. they should reinvest in the squad and keep it all going. They did that. Yeah. And they still look they, where they are. I mean, I mean, you can look at the signings and, and how they haven't fitted in and haven't done particularly well. Um, but it, it's just, I guess they assume that they can just turn it on when it, when it needs be. They're not mm. in the bottom three right now. They're getting close. But when Mares comes back, et cetera, et cetera, they'll feel that they've got the players to get the results to get out of it. Do but I tell you why, it's difficult to turn it on like that. Do you know what I said to Carl when I was watching the game today? And it just kind of came to me, I said, if last season's Leicester played this season's Leicester, oh. they'd beat him 4-0. Oh, they'd beat him 4-5-0 because all yeah. the basics that you want, all the things that, that the Leicester of last season do, this this, teaser, this, this season has, has gone away. And I look at, uh, at Wes Morgan and Robert Huth and... I mean, it's just not the same partnership, Rob, that, that was there. I mean, the, the defending today on the second goal from both. I mean, he gets done for the penalty. Wes Morgan just doesn't look as though he's getting around the pitches easily. I mean, we're only talking six months, you know, from, from what was that magnificent season. Is Has Claudio Ranieri got a bit of a mentality problem? I mean, if they yeah. do stay up, where does he go from here? A lot of, big, a lot of players on big money yeah. don't look that motivated. I mean, it, it doesn't look great. It doesn't, and and I think um, I think he might I think he might stand down in the summer. Mm. You know, interv- I think- did you his post match no, interview? I didn't. He said it's all on me. I, I made a poor error. Oh, I picked it, a poor yeah, I team. A I picked. That, yeah. I did this, and I just thought, uh, yeah, he, he's a lovely man, an honest man. Comes in front of the cameras. He took one for for, for his team there. I thought because one or two of the players maybe should have come and, and said something. But I just got the sense then exactly what you said. But you know what? He might decide. That one great year was, yeah. was his year. Could go out, you know go out a legend. Yeah. Go, go out a legend. Took him into the Champions League. Was there to see a Champions League campaign and, and go out an absolute legend. I mean, it makes sense because it, it, it seems, Rob, because mm. if you're Ranieri right now, yeah. I, I am sure that you're, 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 you're hammering a few of the players in the mm. dressing room. You're trying to shake them, literally yeah. shake them into playing well. Yeah. And they're Nothing not doing happening. it. They're yeah. not really listening mm. to him at the moment. And, and the attitude that was, that, that was so great and so outstanding last year has gone the other way. Yeah. It looks an awful kind of team spirit situation. So um, continues to be an issue. And uh, worryingly for Leicester City, they're getting closer to that uh, bottom three. Yeah, well, let's talk about that bottom three in relegation because mm. we just want to, before we close the podcast, just look at the teams that might be in trouble. We talked about Leicester City. You know, they're on 21 points now. And, you know, they'll believe they can have enough yep. good days to get themselves out of trouble. Got to talk about a team who's 16th yes. in the league. Um, sorry, mate, your old team are going in the wrong direction. I think yeah. Karanka had a little go at the fans. I, saw, I heard in his press conference yesterday, sort of said yeah. about their encouraging us to play long ball and we're not that team and they should yeah. support the team. And just get the sense, Rob, things are starting to pull apart a little bit up, up in the borough. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, well, it's interesting because it, January is an incredibly important month for the club and for the manager. Decisions in the transfer market, 
mm. how the fans are going to react to this kind of um, it wasn't really a rant, but a but a, a dig at the supporters. Yeah. And I kind of get it because when you watch his teams play, I mean, it's very patient. Yeah. It's, it's possession based. It's kind of steady. For, I mean, that and part of that's the reason why they've been good defensively because they mm. keep the ball quite well. Often don't go very far. But it, it, it's meant that the the problems are pretty obvious: creativity, goal scoring, mm. and. We're going to talk about signings a little bit. Patrick Bamford from Chelsea, $13 million, 23-year-old. Rudy Justed from Aston Villa, $8 million. Not now proven. Not proven. Well, that's what I've got here. Twice, 21, that's $21 million on two players that are, I think, I think just got five goals in 30-odd performances last year for Aston Villa in terms of goals, five goals. And Patrick Bamford, who's been yeah. at various Premier League clubs since leaving Middlesbrough Lone when he Ranger scored in the championship. Find a place. So uh, uh, that's a big decision oh, from the manager that, of those two players. Oh. Now, there's been reports about Boyan yeah. and Robert Snodgrass, and mm. I've tweeted out to Borough fans, brilliant. If you get those one or two of those players, that could make a big difference in terms of goals and creativity. Mm. And I, I think they're still trying to get those guys. But Bamford and Justed... Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Wouldn't like be, wouldn't like be um, putting up my money on those two to, to mm. bang me goals to keep me in the league. But let, let's go down the next place, Swansea City, out of the bottom three. Paul Clement certainly got a reaction from his team. Very impressed with what they did in Liverpool, regardless yeah. of the result. I saw a change, Rob. I saw a, a, a development in the team. I saw organisation, a system, a way of playing, roles and responsibilities. Yeah. And from set pieces and going forward, they'll have their moments. Yeah. They've got to have a chance, haven't they? Expect yep. them to do maybe a little bit more in the window. Yeah, well, yeah. So in the window so far, they've got yeah. three players Olsen in top. Carroll. Tom Carroll, mm. yeah, and, and Luciano Nassing that's yeah. got a little calf injury at the moment, but he's an experienced wide player. Mm. I mean, they've got plenty of wide players at, that, yeah. at the club. Um, they need a centre back very badly, very badly. Experience somebody who knows the uh, game a yeah, little bit. Yeah, a really good player. Um, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure. Not sure whether Joseph Font would have gone there, but yeah, it, it, they need a, a really good centre back. Um, uh, but they've done something. At yeah. least the club have done something. The players played Martin Olsen. They needed a left back badly mm. uh, on that side with the injuries, etc. Um, but I. But but more importantly. Actually, or as importantly as the signings is the way that they played. Yeah. And when you watch it from a, from a wide shot where you see all this, the shape of the team, I mean, very, very impressive in mm. terms of organisation. The question is, Rob, will those group of players be able to do that week in, week well, out, or, the, or not just for the big games? I, I said after the win at Anfield, biggest thing for them now is they're home to Southampton. What, yeah. what 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 Huge. turns up after that? If exactly. they go and put another result together, Rob, right. I'm telling you, that's when belief starts. That's when you say, cool. We've got something here, and you get going. So, really looking forward to next week, to next game yeah. when they, when they play at home, and whether they can replicate that. Team next below them, um, mm. Crystal Palace. Robbie Musto at Sam Allardyce. Yep. We both said was guaranteed, absolutely <laughs> nailed on to keep this team. Sam doesn't do relegation. It's, it's not in his vocabulary. Let me tell you, I watched this game yesterday. Um, he played three at the back to try and stop the goal, try and keep a clean sheet. They've got one clean sheet all season. That didn't happen. Conceded a late goal to Seamus Coleman. Jeff Slup played and came off, I think, with a bit of cramp towards the end of the game. Obviously, he hasn't played a lot of football. That's one player they've bought in. Yep. Apart from that, I think Sam's been disappointed that one or two players, and maybe I think Jake, the likes of Jake Livermore was somebody he was looking at, Cole Jenkinson from Arsenal he was looking at. They haven't been able to be completed. 
Problems for Sam and Palace, Rob. It doesn't look yeah. like a happy marriage right now. No. Um, the only thing I think you say about Sam is that sometimes it does take him yeah. quite a bit of time to, to turn things around. I think at Sunland it was a, it was a steady process. Mm. But he got and players in in the window, did Rob, get, didn't he? He got, got three really key players. players Kirchhoff, Kone and Kazri made a huge difference in the way that they set up. Yeah. So I, I think, I mean, the, the club's got some money. He's yeah. got no investment. They'll do business, right? I, yeah. I think the squad, and you look at it, even though they've massively underperformed, mm. I still think the squad is is capable of staying in the league. Sam will bring in a couple at least in the next, uh, what is it, only 10 days or yeah, so yeah, for the window. So I still think they're going to be okay, but mm. I, mm. It, it, they're in trouble. They're in the yeah. bottom three right now. They've yeah. lost the last four games Serious. and it's continuing for them. Yeah, absolutely. OK, let's go down to the team hall who we saw today play at Chelsea. Marco Silva got a win last weekend against Bournemouth 3-1 and I thought gave a decent account on themselves today. More encouraging signs for Hull, I think, under the new manager, Rob. He's brought in a couple, couple of players, Umar Niasi, Evandro and Alab Delari, who came, yep. who came today, started in the right wing-back position. But yep. I thought that you could see a team that have been have had some work done, have been well-coached and understood what they were trying to do today. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I was in, incredibly impressed with mm. Hull City. Um, and, you know, when you lose like that on the back of a good performance, it's yeah. just a test of the character of the players. I think when any time a new manager comes in, and Marco Silva's obviously come in and he's a little bit of an unknown to a lot of people, I'm sure, yeah. in England and at Hull, um, I think you, you have got to have an immediate impact. And he yeah. has. Uh, my worry is that, that they've got to get a result now. And... To, to make everybody feel that, you know what, yeah, yeah, we did play well. We lost, but we're encouraged. We have mm. got a win under him already. We have looked a lot better. But the results, it, it, no matter who's in charge, Rob, after two or three games yeah. or four games and the results are bad, all of a sudden the players' shoulders One drop, drop. Yeah. It's like, oh, here we go again. He, mm. he can't. So, and, and you look at this, their fixtures over the next few, it's, it's ridiculous, the yeah. fixtures that they've got. So, so hard. So, encouraging, yes. But it still worries me, that particularly the fixtures they've got over the next three, three or four weeks, so, so difficult mm. that they might be a little bit uh, cut adrift um, considering the teams they've got to play. And just remember that they had a couple of injuries, one particularly by Curtis Davis came off, but Ryan Mason with that challenge with yes. Gary Cahill yeah, came off on okay. a strut. And yeah, yeah. We, we hope that these good news coming from Ryan Mason, wish him all the best. And finally to Sunderland, Rob. Oh, um, dear. David Moyes. Oh, dear. Sunderland. I'm thinking, who do they need in the transfer window? They need the Red Cross to get them out of trouble. <laughs> I mean, do you know what I heard the other day, and this kind of sums them up a little bit? Julian Lescott is in training. He's been released oh, from some player building. Julian, 33-year-old Lescott, mm. is going to be the future. Mm. Yeah, you know what? It's there's you know we we um, we look at the, the bottom teams for today's podcast and we look at the signings and stuff and Sunderland nothing, mm. nothing. But he said, uh, hasn't he, that it might oh. not be money to spend. All his phrase was, "These no, I won't be able to bring in any difference makers." Like I might be able to go and get a last goal because I know him from my time at Evan, and he might be you know he's a non-contract player or whatever, mm. whatever. But it seems to me like. There's no substantial money available to strengthen this group of players. There was a, a really good article in the newspaper, uh, one of the, the big dailies in England, mm. um, probably about two or three weeks ago, basically detailing the money uh, situation at Sunderland Football Club. Yeah. And over the years, they've wasted so <laughs> much money on players, on transfer fees, on managers that had to be paid off, that they've, they're, they're, I think they're pretty much done financially mm. like we can't keep doing this and i think it's it's years of mismanagement that's led to this situation you have to feel for the football club for the fans 
um, for David Moyes at the moment. Uh, it, it, when you look at the table, Rob, they're not done. They're not no. done. I mean, you can look at the form of other teams and say, well, Hull are looking better. Palace should be okay. Swansea are improving. Middlesbrough will make sign-ins less. I mean, it looks really hard for them to get out of it, and I, and I don't think they will. But we've seen miracles before. We've seen amazing victory runs to get teams out of relegation. They can do it. But it just it just seems to me that this season is going to be one too many. And I hope that David Moyes stays. Mm. I hope there's big changes there and, and they kind of clear out a little bit and kind of rebuild again. Yeah, but it is a gamble, Rob. We've seen some teams go down and never have they returned. But um, mm. Sunderland mm. got a lot of work to do and certainly David Moyes doesn't look like he's got a lot of money to spend. Listen, mate, we're going to have to wrap things up there Lovely. on a weekend when Chelsea increased their lead at the top by a point and welcome Diego Costa back into the fold. And remember to download the Two Robbies podcast on iTunes and please rate and view our, review our shows. It helps to grow the game. If you want to listen to our discussion on Manchester City and Spurs and Wayne Rooney's historic goal for Manchester United, download Saturday's podcast. We're going to take a break next weekend as English football turns to the FA Cup fourth round. But we'll have a midweek podcast the following Wednesday, February the 1st, when we'll digest the transfer window and review the match day 23 when there's full of fixtures that includes Liverpool hosting Chelsea in a massive game at Anfield. So from me, Robbie Earl, and him, Robbie Musto, thanks for listening and bye for now. When we listen to the radio, we never agree on the station. Classic rock. Hip-hop. Pop. Guys, quiet. The one thing we do agree on, we all want an awesome free phone. That's why we switched to MetroPCS. Stop by MetroPCS with the whole family and get four free phones of your choice from brands you love, like Samsung, Motorola, and LG when you switch. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Free phone requires port. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.